0: How many of you have experienced a moment where you wish you had more power to do something? Have you experienced as in you look at something? Some of you I know even are like me. You wish you had a gun. Hmm? I told you we are extreme. Some of us are. Eh? You take them all out. You deal with them. Eh? Have you dealt with that? Now, our topic today is one that I find dear to my heart because it's, um, it's, 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 it's been nice to chew. It's like good chewing. um, Yeah. And, and I'd like to, with the grace of God, share with you something, a topic I am calling Tilted Crown. Tell your neighbor, Tilted Crown. Turn with me to Matthew. Chapter 2, verse 2. Let's start from verse 1. Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Verse 2, saying, Where is he who has been born King, somebody say, King of the Jews, for we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Amen. Let's move on to Luke chapter 3, Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Luke chapter 3, verse 23. Now, Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Heli. Was that Heli really? Who is that? Yeah? Let's assume it's Mary. Yeah? No, but you can see that in between his birth, and his beginning of ministry, how long, how much time passes? 30 years. 30 years. 30 years of being a king and doing nothing. 30 years of being aware of who the father is and doing nothing. I like uh, the preaching that was brought to us by Bishop Shali. Last year, during the ladies' conference. For those of you who are not there, please look out for the upcoming one. Amen? In that preaching, one of the sermons she shared was about Mary, the mother of Jesus, instructing the servants to fill the jar with water. You remember that? And Mary said, whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says, do it. Mary is revealing that there's an angle of this man that you don't understand. Don't ask questions, do it. I like that Bishop Shali was emphasizing the fact that this was her moment to shine, meaning that there has been a season in the trenches. Are we together? There has been a season in the trenches. The only time we see Jesus seemingly powerful is at the age of 12 when they go to the temple. And he's burning with so much information. He can't help himself. He is forgotten in the temple. Why? Because within him was a fire. Within him was a message. Within him was an argument of the present day time. When he had the opportunity to give that opinion, he went overboard. And forgot that it was time to do what? To go home. Are you there? And saying it has been said, I am this, I am this, I am this, but I don't see it. You're carrying a tilted crown. It's not that the crown is not there. It's just not yet activated. It's not yet activated. And that season, like my sister so well uh, shared with us this morning, is a time where the Lord shuts you in. He shuts you in. You have information, but for some reason you can't get it. Especially when there's a call on your life of whatever sort, whether to be a doctor, you need seven years in school. I always wondered what was the point of time. Why aren't we just born adults and executing? Why do you have to crawl? Then you have to be barbed. Then you have your diapers changed. Only to rise up and be a king. When the wise men came in the first chapter we, in the first chapter we read in Matthew chapter 2, they came to a king. They brought gifts to a king. They brought presents to a king. They acknowledged the birth of a king. Even though he was wrapped in what? Swaddling clothes. Those little clothes to keep the baby warm and keep them from crying. When the wise men came, they brought gold, not milk. They brought ma, incense, a form of worship. They were not coming to see a toddler sucking his thumb or probably bapping on his mom's side. They came and bowed to a babe in the physical, but in the spiritual, they acknowledged that this star is only of a king. Was he a king when he started ministry in Luke or was he a king at birth? He was a king at birth, but the understanding of that time that goes on between the day he is born to the time he performs the first miracle of turning water into wine, that is the challenge with all of us. Have we ever wondered whether Jesus really knows what waiting is? You try waiting 30 years. 30 years. 30 years, you walk by, you know the man who was the, the lame man at the gate called Beautiful? Do you know he was there in Jesus' time? And Jesus still passed him? Because the Bible talks about Jesus going into the temple and out of the temple. And into the temple. That man had been at that gate. When you look at the timeline between his ministry and the man's age, they crossed somewhere. But he left him. What is the understanding of the weight? What is the understanding of having power and not being able to use it? What is the wisdom that God has in letting you simmer? Now you know why I imagine guns. Yeah? Because they go very far when I'm standing here. There are so many opportunities, so many things, especially when you're gifted, when you know how to do something and you're just praying. I like what uh, Dr. Mlongo was saying when he was applying for a job and he said, these people should just make a mistake of giving me this job. Do you remember that? Why? He was burning to execute. He was burning to deliver. A point comes where you're Your valve is so tight. Anyone who gives you an opportunity to speak, they're in trouble. They better not put a timeline to it. Why? Because you have done your 15 years behind the door. You have done your 20 years behind the door. Does it always have to be 30? Does it always have to be 20? Not necessarily. There's a preparation that happens behind the door. When the Lord shuts you in, like my sister shared this morning, there's a teaching that you better go through. There's an understanding that you better go through. When Jesus is unveiled in John chapter 1 to chapter 4, we are speaking, there goes the Lamb of God who who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist declares, when Jesus is unveiled at this point, he's not a boy. He's not a young chap. He doesn't need the hoarding of Mary. Where is he? We've left him at the temple. We go back for him. No, we don't see Mary hovering over him to find out where he is. But we see him picking his disciples. We see him going into the desert to be tested. Where did he learn that it is written, man shall not live by bread alone? but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God within the 30 years. Where does he learn that I will not test my God? Where does he learn the responses that he gives to the devil in the desert after his baptism? The father himself unveils him when the spirit of God comes down like a dove during his baptism. And says this, in fact, there are versions that say, you are my only begotten, you are my son, in whom I am well pleased. What is the father saying? Is this the first time he's speaking to him? No. He's saying you are mine. So there's a time where you're yourself. But a time has come where you're what? I'm well pleased in you. That journey between you being yourself, Children are very selfish. I watch my little ones fighting for one balloon and there are three others on the table. But they want that one because everyone wants that one. You know? Children are very challenging sometimes. Very unstable. One thing, one time they want this, another time they want the other. You need the 30 years to wear that off. In case you are wondering why the Lord has shut you in. You are not ready. Better to be unveiled by the king himself than to walk out with a tilted crown. Let your crown sit steady on your head so that every decree you make is a decree that holds. Let your crown sit steady on your head so that everything you challenge, you challenge with authority. It's not half-hearted. It's not forgotten. It's not, it's not shaky. I like an interesting story. Before I even go to that story, I like what Tim read for us just before we began. We were reading Psalm 37. Let's stand there for a moment. Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Meaning, let his faithfulness satisfy you. Let it not just be, I want to see these evildoers come down. Sometimes we are preoccupied. We are preoccupied with the gaps around us. Can you imagine Jesus walking through streets as a young man, seeing the sick, seeing the needy, and doing nothing about it? He walked around places, saw blind people, and he knew this one, I just need mud, and I'll sort him out. Eh? He, he walked around, he saw an adulterous woman being stoned. That wasn't the first adulterous woman being stoned. He knew the culture. But he could do nothing. 17, 18, 19, 20, 25. He's now a man. How much pressure is inside? 30 or oh, 29 and a half, six months to his birthday. But he has to wait. There are certain statements that the Lord says during his preachings that I find amazing. What does he mean when he says, I only do what I see my father do? I only do what I see my father do. Have you heard that scripture? I only do what I see my father do meaning that there was a time I did what I thought I should do. There was a time I had an opinion to argue with God and say no, let's heal this one. Why this one? What about the guy who was at the at the pool for 38 years? Was that the first time Jesus was going to that pool in Bethsaida? Maybe. We may not speculate. But how many needy people were in the life of Jesus before he began performing miracles? Very many. And yet he did nothing. I remember when Mary calls him to say, they are out of wine. What did he say? Woman, what's that to me? My time has not yet what? My time has not yet come. Do you know the time that you're in? Oh, are we happy to jump in and be rescuers? It's not bad. But we'll, re- we'll repeat the exam. Sindio. Some, some of us, it may not necessarily be practicing restraint. It may be like my sister said this morning, doing the same thing over and over again. Showing up whether they are there, whether they are not. How long does it take before you receive your promotion? Does it take the first week of being assigned the job? Especially when it's human beings in control. It's even worse. It takes a consistency, it takes a repetitive act that is sometimes so painful, but it also takes restraint in knowing your place, in knowing your boundaries, in knowing how far you can go. Let's read first um, Samuel chapter 28, verse 8 to 12. First Samuel Chapter 26, sorry, verse 8 to 12. 1 Samuel 26, verse 8 to 12. This is a story of Saul pursuing David. Saul is pursuing David. They have encamped somewhere near where they believe David is. David has heard the news that they have come for you. So what does David say? Let's go to that camp. But let's see how it starts. Then, um, yeah, verse eight. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hands this day. Now therefore, let's go back to verse 26. Let's go back to verse 26. Sorry. To verse 6, sorry, verse 6. Who will go down with me to sow in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. Verse 7. So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And there lay sleeping within the camp. With his spear stuck in the ground. By his head. Saul. With his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. That's the setting. Okay? So David has walked into the camp. Saul is asleep. His spear is not even lying there where you can pick and spear. It is stuck in the ground. Meaning it's going to take what? Effort to pull it out and then engage with David. Verse 8, then Abishai says to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hands this day. Now, therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth. I will not have to strike him a second time. In other words, allow me give him a knockout. One, just one. I'll not even do it twice. I'll not make it bloody or messy. I'll do just one. Abishai was not as mature as David. Let's hear what David responds to that. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. David said, furthermore, as the Lord leaves, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die. Or he shall go out to battle and perish. That sounds self-righteous. Just strike the guy. Eh? Would you restrain yourself? By the way, at this point, David has suffered from Saul. As in Saul has been. He has done everything. I mean, this whole camp... Is about David. There's no other agenda. So he has a chance to take Saul out. But he chooses not to. He chooses not to. How much maturity does it take to do that? Let's continue to verse 11. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please... Take now the spear and the jar of water that are by his head and let us go. Verse 12. So David took the spear and the jar of water by Saul's head and they got away. And no one saw or knew it or awoke. For they were all asleep. Because a deep sleep Because a deep sleep from the Lord had done what? A deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Was that a test for David or not? It was a test for David. Does he understand authority? Does he understand limits? Does he understand boundaries? That's what the 30 years, 40 years you're going through are about. The sooner we engage, the sooner we wake up to the fact that we're not just walking through life, not learning anything, the better for us. This afternoon, my call for you is that do not fret. The Lord in his due time, like David says, will take care of it. When Jesus starts his ministry, he only needs three years. Three years to unleash what he has held inside for thirty. Okay, let's say about twenty years. Maybe the first ten he was careless. He only knew wood and 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 furniture from his father. But a time came (laughs) where, by the time Mary is saying, "Do it," there's something she has seen. Probably in the house he's been trying out a few things, and he's saying, "You, why are you showing off to these people?" Eh? My time has not yet come. What did Mary know? Did Mary know he was a miracle worker? The Bible says that when the angel came and spoke to Mary and Joseph about who the son they had, they wondered in their hearts. The Bible says, and Mary kept these things where? In her heart. But a time came where she knew that whatever was spoken of him was actually true. And even more. How many friends do you have around you who are pushing you out of the ark? Unleash, unleash. Come on. I know you. I've seen you. Eh? They are tempting you like Abishai. Come out. Ah, See, you can take this on. Do this job. Bernard. Show these people. Why are you quiet? You can only know the timing of the Lord if you develop a relationship with him. You can only know that this is the way, walk through it, if you develop a relationship with him. It's not always that you're going to stay here, doing the same thing over and over again. A time comes where the Lord elevates. A time comes where the Lord is lifted. No longer was he Joseph's son. He was the ascended Lord. By the time he ascends after the resurrection. No longer was he the little boy in the temple arguing with Pharisees. No longer was he the man finding his way through the crowd because they want to kill him. No longer was he dull and lifeless on the cross. He comes out victorious. He comes out strong. He comes out to show you and I that a wait of 30 years is worth it in the presence of God. He comes out to show you that every journey you take with the Lord is important to the strength of your crown, to the strength of your authority, to the maturity you carry inside. The time that you need to go through is important. If a mother gave birth seven months after she's conceived, that baby would, not, would have a hard time surviving. What is the secret in time? Why does a seed need even two weeks, three weeks before it germinates? The Lord has put his signature on time throughout our lives. Our very birth is an issue of timing. Our very growth is an issue of timing. Our own development, our own farming skills is an issue of timing. If you plant your seed in January, it will probably die because there's no rain. It's extended up to March. God help us. Time is so key to us. And in the Lord Jesus experiencing that weight, He's showing you that I know what you're going through. I know what you're going through. As a mother, staying at home, nurturing kids, changing diapers, day in, day out, it looks like your life has ended. There's nothing, there's no career for you. Why? Because you're not visible. Tell your neighbor, just because you're unseen, doesn't mean you're forgotten. Just because you're unseen, nobody knows what goes into bringing all those children here. Nobody knows what goes into preparing the, the song list for Kimberly at the back. Nobody knows what goes into setting this equipment. Nobody knows what goes into the intercessory prayers that happen here at whatever hour. God knows. Just because you're unseen doesn't mean your crown is lifeless. Allow me to use the crown as a symbol of that thing you know I wish they knew. Have you ever had to defend yourself? Have you ever had to to speak up and say, like uh, Nancy Baraza? Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, it's like she had reached the very end of her rope. Hmm? People need to lay down palm clothes and 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 vitamba so that I can walk over it. Yeah, how long shall we not have a triumphant entry? Yanni, you walk in, you're not even ushered anywhere. Nobody knows you have no seat unseen. It's even harder when you have uh, say leaders ahead of you and they always seem to take the glory. That's where Psalm 37 comes in. You remember Psalm 37? Other people look like they're prospering. Other people look like they have it all. But delight yourself in the faithfulness of the Lord. Meaning that let the faithfulness of the Lord be your hope. That you know the Lord is faithful enough to show me. He will unveil you. When Lupita Nyong'o, I don't really subscribe to much of what she does. But do you think when she appeared on stage now for the first time when we are all seeing her, you think that was her first time in theater? Was it her first time in theater? So many people. So many politicians, whether they've taken the right route or the wrong route, there is a time where you are lifeless. You know you can do something about this. Moments where you wish you had the job to pay the rent, so you don't have to beg for money for rent. But when the Lord comes through, when the Lord tells you, now pay for so and so their rent, you will do it with one heart. Why? Because you have walked in those shoes when you see a lady who doesn't have money for very simple things and you're spending more money on earrings so help us God you will be moved to say no 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 this is vanity let us share but this journey of not having a husband this journey of going to bridal showers allow me to poke all the areas can I do that yeah, this journey of going to bridal showers, going to weddings, you work yourself out. And you know, I can be even a better wife. Then you start comparing yourself. Can be a better wife to that man than this woman. Oh, no, no, really. Atta, his clothes are not ironed. Hey, people have good husbands. And they don't know that others want a husband. Have you found yourself quarreling? It happens. Those are crowns. Those are tilted crowns speaking. That longing in your spirit to say, how can I have an opportunity to do this? And I do it so carelessly. You're going through a fire of purification. Can I tell you something? Until the Lord knows that he has your heart, he is not straightening your crown. Because once he straightens that crown and your heart is still everywhere, we'll have a Hitler. We'll have a Hitler. Have you seen people who abuse power? Have you seen people who want to show you know who you... Do you know who is here? We, kachini. Eh? Why? Because you're so puffed up. You're not assigned. You're not, you're not uh, accountable to anyone. The Lord was only ready for his ministry, when the father knew that I have his heart. That when they beat him, he will not give up. That when they spit on him, he will not give up. That he will walk with the 12, including Judas, to the end. He could have struck Judas for crying out loud. Look at this one, eating our wine and bread at the table, only to betray us tomorrow morning. Go away from us. Isn't that what you and I would do? And yet he washed his feet. There's a verse I love. will not turn there. But trust me, it's there in the Bible. Isn't that why we turn to the Bible? Because you don't trust the preachers. Yeah? I'm joking. But there's a verse I love in the Bible that speaks about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. The introduction to Jesus' actual washing the disciples' feet is interesting. It says, knowing who he was and where he was going and where he came from, he took off his cloth and wrapped himself in a towel and bent down and began to wash their feet. I always wondered, why was that profile given? To the man who was washing their feet. Meaning that he was so sure of his identity that it meant nothing to wash Peter's feet. It, it wasn't what he was doing that made him a servant. Or that made him a king, so to speak. He knew he's already a king. Remember he was born and, and gold was flowing. And myrrh was flowing. But he knew where he's going. He knew who he was. Some of us, we think, because imagine, I started selling tomatoes. You think that's who you've become. That is not who you are. That's what you're doing. Can I say that again? That's not who you are. That's what you're doing. That's the lesson you're learning. Just because you're doing this, you're washing cars, whatever it is you may find really uncomfortable. It doesn't mean that's who you are. Last night, I found myself saying the same thing to my daughter. She was afraid my school marks may not be good. And I said, your marks and who you are are two different things. We were taught to grade ourselves. If you don't have a 70%, oh, what are you doing in class? We had cruel teachers. Those of you with 60 below, stand up. Go to the back. I don't know about this generation. Man, I was (laughs) was, uh, just so cruel. You know, as if it wasn't shameful enough not to make the pass mark at the time. Hmm? Other schools even go extreme. Put the names on the board. How will you walk the streets of Jerusalem? Knowing that you're in a certain category. Others even put streams Class, a, I don't know. Stream A, stream B. Then if you're in N, one to you. You understand? So we've been conditioned to think that what we do, what we produce, is exactly who we are. Today I come to overthrow that in the name of Jesus. That at His birth He was King. At His birth He was King. His star shone as a King at His birth. He did not shine as a king at his death or resurrection. He was king at his birth. When he was helpless, when he needed help, when he needed to be fed, when he needed to be moved, when he needed to be encouraged, when he needed to be guided, he was still king. You are still who the Lord says you are. You are still who the Lord says you are. Don't give up. Don't look down on yourself. In fact, if it is time to wash people's feet, wash with so much authority. Why? Because the Father, the Lord Jesus, has been through the same. But what kept him washing those feet, and I'm sure those people's shoes were not really covered. They had gone places. The streets were not as sanitary as our streets. They were not paved. Should I continue painting the picture? No. But he washed their feet. He washed them because it had nothing to do with who he was. In fact, it stamped who he was. That he was a king, yet he washed feet. That he was the son of God, yet he washed feet. That he was stronger than all these little ones. He was washing their feet. That he was truly the lamb. That takes away the sins of the world. He is calling us to a posture of being a lamb. Being a lamb. You, have, you know you want to be a lion. Last time I shared with you how I want to be a lion. Some of us have a long way to go. That's why we're still shut in. Yeah? You want to be a lion. You want to tear them apart. But the Lord will give you an exercise. A challenge where like David. You have to let him do the vengeance where you have to let him do the timing of allowing this person to go through, even though you know, I can take this guy out. Of having to forgive, of having to release. How many times have you come this close? I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were talking about having these projects. You know, you do projects, and he looks like, ah, this one is bringing in five million. I, 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 you even begin to see the things you have been counting. And then you're only paid for the preliminaries and the job goes to somebody else. If you're lucky to be paid for the first, you know, the first stage of projects, usually your proposal, you know, sometimes you're not even paid for that. But there's something the Lord revealed to me that all those things he's piling on the side. He's piling them on the side. He's piling them on the side as the price you have paid of still trusting him. You prayed about that project. It, it didn't come through. Prayed about another. You went maybe this far. Prayed about another. They never even called your name. You called and they're like, who are you again? Who? Every time you call, you have to introduce yourself. They don't even save your number. What level of disrespect is that? Hmm? Every time you reach out to, you, you have to keep humbling yourself. You have to keep apologizing. You have to keep, I'm telling you, when the Lord shuts you in, he really does. When you reach out for a job, you go for interviews and the corridor is full of people. And you look at all these people and in your spirit, you know, you're better than them. But you don't get the job. Why? Probably because an evildoer like Psalm 37, who has paid the guy or is giving a cart to the interviewers, has gotten the job. But will you be found faithful? Will you be found still trusting God when a season of waiting comes? When a season, when the Lord says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. What will, will his testimony be of you? When he says, behold, I set before you an open door. Revelations 3.8. When that day comes, the person that pops out of that place, will they be ready to go all the way? Some of us have not been unveiled. Why? Because when the lights come on, the camera comes on, when every focus is on you, suddenly you sit on the throne. And yet you walked into the limelight in the name of Jesus. How many musicians do we have doing that? When they came on stage, they were singing a song for Jesus, isn't it? A powerful song that moved the nations. Suddenly, all the newspapers are following them. Suddenly, social media, then the crown begins to tilt again. Can the Lord trust you? Can the Lord trust you with fame? Can the Lord trust you with attention? Can the Lord trust you with money? If you can't tithe a hundred shillings for crying out loud, what will you do when ten million comes? How much tithe is that? It's ungodly. <laughs> <laughs> ten million at you, huh? or a million? Huh? That's what the weight is about. This afternoon, I'd like us to just crown our day, knowing. That the Lord knows the weight is tough. The Lord knows the journey can be something. But wait until he opens the door. Wait until he opens the door. Bible says that every tree that has not been planted by the Lord will be uprooted. Don't let yourself be planted by men because men will demand of you. Men will have to sustain you like Saul. Saul had needed the vote of the people. After all, they're the ones who called him in. But Jesus did not need the vote of the people. Every village he went to that he was received, he ministered. The one where he wasn't received, he moved on. But some of us are still mourning. How could I give of myself and nobody appreciate? Thank you. At a honoraria. Why? Because you think the people are your audience. Let the Lord be your audience. Let the Lord be your audience at that kitchen sink when you're washing the dishes. It's not because everyone else in the house has refused to wash dishes. It's because the Lord is your audience. When you're doing your work, let the Lord be your audience. When you're reaching out, when you're helping so and so, whether they say thank you or not, the Lord has been there, he healed ten of them, only one came to say thank you. What does it mean to hold back? It means maturity. It, mean, it takes more strength. Do you know, it takes more strength to hold back than to execute. You try keeping quiet when someone is abusing you. As in keep quiet. You just imagine Jesus is there. They are battering in him, spitting on him, and he's dying for them. That wasn't a muscle he developed that day. They're sticking a crown of thorns on his skull. Putting on him a robe. Mocking him. How many have been mocked? You are king of the eh? And they're there laughing at you. You say the Lord is your savior. We're not seeing any fruits. <laughs> and they spit in your face. The Lord has been there. The Lord has been there. But when he comes through, the Bible says he comes through in droves. He comes through in a multitude. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. That the name of Jesus that was proclaimed almost 2,000 years ago is still being spoken of right now. It is not Saul, the educated lawyer. It's not Saul, the Pharisee that we speak of. It is Saul, the delivered one. It is Saul, the redeemed one. The one who had to learn to sing praise in prison that we speak of. We don't speak of his days when he How many churches did he shut down? Nobody knows. We just know there are many. How many books has he written? A good number, isn't it? And we have proof. Let the Lord be the one to publish you. Let the Lord be the one to publish you. Keep doing that task like like he's coming tomorrow to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let him be the one. Let him be your audience. You can even hug someone who is hitting you. Reach out to someone. Why? If you shift. Oh, God help us. If you shift your attention from people to the Lord as your reward, you are more powerful than anything you've ever known. Meaning that any word they say to you does not affect you because you have set them down and set the Lord above. Anything they do to you doesn't, doesn't move you as much, especially ladies. I don't know about men. I'll find out, I'll do research. But ladies, there's a way in which words enter there. You know, like that place where things begin to shake. Hmm? You know that you have been poisoned when you're angry and you're shaking. Eh? This, This shaking, like you need to strangle something. Those people have access because you think too much of them. You think they matter. So much. Let the Lord matter to you. So that when he says walk away from this city. You walk away without saying. Like Lot's wife. "Hey, There were nice things there. You become a pillar of salt. Lot's wife had the city in her. Lot's wife had the city in her. The difference between you and Lot's wife is that it's not the things around you that should define you. It's the Lord. That's why the Bible says, in him we do what? In him we live. In him we do what? We move and have our being. What does that scripture mean? Let him be the very definition of who you are. Everything that happens, you should be asking, where are you, Lord? Where are you? Because where you are, that's where I want to be. What's your opinion on this one? Keep silent. Speak up. He will tell you. He's not dumb. He's the one who made the mouth. How can he not speak? He who made the songs in the air. How can he not give you a song? Let us rise to our feet. I only do what I see my father do. He said. In my father's house there are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you. He spent time early in the morning praying connecting with him, refueling for another day, remaining in sync with the timing of God, remaining in sync with the agenda of God. Father, this afternoon, we ask that you help us to understand the process that you're going, taking us through. We ask that you open our eyes to see that if it is 40 days, it needs to be 40 days. Not 27, not 22. But according to your grace, like you said to Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. Lord, we ask that you give us grace. I'd like, to, I'd like us to take a moment, please. And just go to that place in your heart, in your mind. That doesn't seem to be moving. A place where you know you should be in a better place. But why are we stuck here? The Lord is willing to meet with you this afternoon. The Lord is willing to meet with you this afternoon. Don't worry about your neighbor. Set them aside. Set the Lord as your audience right now. And begin to speak to him. And begin to inquire of him. And begin to ask for strength. And begin to ask for power. Begin to ask for grace. Begin to ask for humility. Humility to take off your clock. To take off your high-mindedness and be willing to serve. Humility to take the gloves off and dive into the trenches and serve like never before. Humility to set aside your reputation, your education, your lineage. And do exactly what the Father is asking you to do. It's moments like this that make us quiet. Moments like this where we wonder, can we survive the wait? Yes, you can survive the weight. And yes, a day is coming to unveil you. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Meaning there's nothing in me that is happening towards you that looks towards destroying you. But it's to build you. To empower you. To make you ready for when that day comes will you stand? When that day comes, will you survive the fire. When that day comes, will you forget who you are? Jesus. Jesus, show us the way. Show us the way to walk away when we need to. Give us strength, Lord, to stand silent like you did at the cross. Give us strength, Lord, to endure the journey from Gethsemane. To Calvary, my father, doing nothing about who we are. Give us the strength, Lord Jesus, to remember that it is you who elevates. That the heart of power, the strength of any platform lies in whether you have said, Here is my servant in whom I am well pleased. Let that be our confidence that the Lord has approved my assignment. That the Lord has approved my title. That the Lord has approved my platform. That the Lord has approved that I be the wife in this house. And I will stand strong, not because I'm the most excellent cook, but because you have said, I am the mother in this house. Be the assurance, Lord, that we carry. Let your word be enough for the men to be the fathers in their homes, my God. Let your word be enough for the women to stand as helpers, oh God. Let your word be enough for the ministry leaders in this church to stand and be counted, to show up because you said, I can do all things through you who strengthens me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We adore you, Jesus. Thank you for taking the journey with us. Thank you for taking the journey with us. Thank you for taking the journey with us, us, Lord. Thank you for showing us that it's worth the wait. That what the Father promises he will do. What the Father promises he will fulfill. What the Father promises he will complete it. Let your work be done in our lives. Let your work be done in our patience. Let your work be done on our faith, Lord. Let your work be done in our, in our lives, oh God. Let there be a patience built in us, a strength, O oh God, a fruit of the spirit of long-suffering, a fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, a fruit of the spirit of gentleness, Lord. Let it be ready when you come. Will you find fruit on our trees, O oh God? In and out of season, let us stand and be counted as serving the Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, only you will teach us the ways of the Father. Only you will teach us the ways of the Son. We receive you this afternoon. We receive you this afternoon. Come on, receive strength from the Lord this afternoon. Receive strength from the Lord this afternoon. Strength to wait. Strength to hold on. Receive strength from the Lord this afternoon. Strength from the Lord this afternoon. A teaching that's beyond your understanding. Receive it in the name of Jesus. I don't have all the answers why the time must be that time. But I know whom I have believed in. And I know that he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all I ask. I know whom I have believed in. And he is able to do much more than we ask or think. Lord, we enthrone you. We enthrone you this afternoon. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for strength. We thank you for mercy, oh God. Many of us have been kicking at the door. Many of us have jumped through the window, oh God, to engage with people we didn't need to. Father, I pray that like Joseph, let's await for the time when a king will call us to interpret the dream. A time for unveiling will come. A time for unveiling will come. In the name of Jesus. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. I pray that your word be true to your people. We give you all the glory. Your struggle has been lengthened because you don't know to whom to ascribe the glory. To whom to give your worship. You have set your eyes on your husband. You have set your eyes on your boss. You have feared them so much that you overthrow the Lord. But this afternoon, let us set the Lord on his place. Let us set him on on his place. Let Jesus alone be the standard and nobody else. He can take every single one of them on. He can take them on, don't be afraid. There's nothing that's beyond the Lord's reach. There's nothing that's bigger than the Lord Jesus. The opinion of men doesn't matter. But the opinion of God changes things. It changes destinies. It changes reputations. It changes attitudes. It changes even the character. Father, remind us who we are in you. Remind us who we are in you. Remind us where we're going. Remind us where we are going. Remind us where we're coming from. Remind us where what you called us at birth. Remind us what you called us at birth, Lord Jesus. Remind us, remind us, Lord. When you ushered us into this journey, what did you say we were, oh God? When you ushered us into this platform, my Father, who did you say we were, my Father? Give us strength to hold on to that flag like never before, knowing that we are justified in the Lord Jesus, not by works, but by the blood. We are justified in the Lord Jesus. For as many as believed in him, to them he called the sons of God. He didn't just call them sons of God. He gave them a right To be a son of God. A right to stand before the throne of God. And demand that father you intervene. Thank you for the cross Lord. The cross that gives us access. Access to kingship, access to power that none can take over. Access to to glory that you only can give. Access to strength that you only can give. We set the cross as the key to every door. We set the cross as the key to every difficulty. We set the cross as the strength of the weak. We set the cross as the answer to the broken. We set the cross as the answer to the unforgiven. We set the cross as the answer to the confused. We set the cross as the answer to anything that stands against the glory of God. Thank they- I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed, my heart is at rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Stick it up.